Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast. I'm Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking about referral marketing with Bill Cates. Uh, Bill is a relationship marketing expert and president of Referral Coach International, where he helps professionals and businesses multiply their best clients through more compelling messaging, referrals, and personal introductions. Uh, inducted into the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame in 2010, Bill is a highly sought-after speaker, consultant, and author who's delivered his business growth message on five continents. That's uh, quite an introduction there, Bill. Also, I want to throw in uh, Bill has a uh, he's an author of four popular books, um, what Get More Referrals Now, Don't Keep Me a Secret, Beyond Referrals, and Radical relevance. So I think uh, today's topic of referral marketing, Bill, nice to have you on the show. And it looks like you're the right guy for this one. Great to be with you, Sky. Thank you. Obviously, everybody wants more referrals. It's always the number one, it seems like way people want to get business, but maybe necessarily don't know how to uh, mm-hmm. don't know how to really leverage that. That seems to be your area of expertise. I mean, you've been everywhere and spoke to just about everyone on this, it looks like. Um, <laughs> before we get into kind of your, your experience and you know, recommendations for people on referral marketing, that kind of good stuff. Can you tell me a little bit about your past, how you got into, you know, business to business style marketing in general, um, how you got into referral marketing, that that kind of good stuff? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. I've owned a few different businesses over the years. I actually built and sold two book publishing companies. And when I sold my second company, I was looking for the next thing to do. And, uh, friend of mine said, you should be a speaker, author, you'd be good at that sort of thing. And I didn't really know much about the world of speaking or writing books. Uh, I had published books, but not written one myself. So um, I played around with that for a little bit and started getting into the world of sales, um, B2B sales mostly. In fact, I started working for a gentleman to sell sales training. And uh, I'll never forget, I was going through uh, uh, customs immigration in Canada to do a program to sell some training. And so the lady asked me, says, so, so what do you do? I say, well, I, do, I deliver sales training. And she goes, okay, so why are you coming to Canada? I said, well, I, I, it's a sales call. She says, wait a second, you, you're going to sell sales training. And I go, yep, that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> and it didn't compute with her, I guess. She didn't. She doesn't know the world of sales and training, so I'll never right. forget so that. Right, they pulled you aside, frisked you, said we yeah, don't yeah, believe right. it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, this guy's a little suspicious. Um, anyway, so I, I started doing a little bit of sales training, and I knew the importance of, of a niche. I knew the importance of a target market, all the classic marketing and sales concepts, and so – I finally um, decided uh, to write a book on referrals, how to get more referrals. And, it, you know, it, it, part of that's asking, but that's just a piece of it as we'll get through. The, the fir- my first book covered how to be more referable in the first place, right? So it's about client or customer service, uh, about networking in the community, be it B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. Networking is very important, strategic networking and partnerships, uh, prospecting for referrals and introductions, and then the importance of targeting a vertical market, creating a reputation for yourself. So that got that got started. Book came out in uh, 1996, and ever since then, I've devoted my business life to helping companies, individuals, professionals build their business, through, not just through referrals though, but through introductions, because. Uh, right. it's, it's become so difficult to reach people that we really have to think in terms of introductions and get connected these days. Yeah, that first connection is critical. And that's, I guess, where the, the referral is so nice because it just 
it leaps over so many of the problems. Here we call it stranger stranger danger. Um, when uh, when sales guys are calling people and they and they don't know who they are when you have that that initial referral. So you yeah. kind of came around to this through a uh, classic find a need and fill it type of a type of a way. Yeah, it was a little bit of that. It was a little bit of what resonated with me and what am I passionate about. And uh, but definitely. Um, I, I learned long ago that to make money in this world, or one way to make money, there's a lot of ways, but one way is to help other people make money. And so that's that's what I focused on. Uh, that's why I got into the sales training and marketing and, and branding. And, uh, and then I realized that the referral part was a weakness, that most people knew the importance of referrals. I remember reading uh, Tom Hopkins' book, um, I can't remember the name of the title, Master of the Art of Selling or something like that. And, and I remember that in the middle of the book, he said that selling through referrals is the most important, the most powerful way to sell and proceeded to spend a page and a half on it. And so yeah, it always seems like it's kind of a, by the way, this is the best way to get through to people. It's an afterthought. Um, it, I mean, it is a barometer. If you get referrals, unsolicited referrals, it's certainly a barometer of you doing a good job for your clients or customers. And we should all be getting unsolicited referrals and introductions. But for a lot of businesses, uh, the unsolicited are not enough. Uh, I mean, some businesses really can thrive on just doing a hell of a great job for their clients and um, and maybe promoting the possibility of introductions. But most businesses need to be a little bit more proactive. They need to have some processes in place to make that happen. And so it can't be an afterthought. My, here's what I've learned with most businesses. Not all. There are exceptions. But with most businesses, serving the heck out of our clients or customers will create repeat business or can create some word of mouth. will create incremental growth. So we can grow, but it's usually a little slower. But being more proactive and having processes in place to make these referrals and introductions happen more strategically, more purposefully, that's what can create exponential growth. And that's why I talk about multiplying your best clients or multiplying your best customers, creating that right. exponential growth. And I imagine it, it's also a lot of it is just removing roadblocks for people to make referrals because if, if it's going to be really difficult for them to refer somebody, they're not going to, you know, it's not going to be top of mind. But if you make it really easy then you'll probably get a lot more of those natural referrals just at the kind of most basic level. Oh, there's no question about it. It, it starts with mindset. You kind of alluded to that is, um, a, first of all, it's having a top of mind awareness and, and making a decision, making a commitment to build a business this way. Think of it this way. How would your next customer or client prefer to meet you? Well, probably from a recommendation right. from someone they already trust. So doesn't it make sense to make that our primary way of meeting people? Because that's how they want to meet us. In fact, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I saw a quote from him. I know lately he's been in the news in the not, not the, the best way, but nonetheless, he's a very smart guy and built a very successful business. And he said that uh, meeting someone through the recommendation from someone you already trust, from a trusted friend, he says, is more powerful than any broadcast message. And here's the guys make, you know, billions in broadcast messaging says, well, yeah, that's good, but let's master what, what really works and what works the best for most businesses. And I don't know if that quote was related to their, you know, launching of the dating um, portion of their site, but dating is, you know, we use it all the time here as an analogy. I think it's a, just a very classic 
um, sales analogy and it, you know, it holds very true. The, the referral part, um, for, for friends, for any sort of relationship, you just come in at such a higher level already. Yeah. There's no question about that. Uh, to me, sales is, it's kind of a series of permissions, if you will. It's, it's a series to earn the right to the next step and then the next step. And just like a date, just like, you know, you don't go too far too fast with anybody. And uh, you don't want to come on needy. You don't want to come on strong. So it, there really are a lot of parallels there. No question about it. Um, but it, for me, it's, it's building a culture. And what I mean by that, right. it, it's not just asking for the possibility of introductions. And that's part of it. And we can get into that if you want. But it's a culture within our company, within our firm of everyone understanding that this is how we want to meet people. And, you know, what is your role in creating this referral culture? Maybe you're not going to ask. Maybe you're not going to develop marketing programs. Maybe you're on the front line of serving people. Maybe you're serving someone who's serving people. But we want to earn that right. We want to be referable. And then we want to have the programs in place. And and so it, it's all about creating a culture uh, that takes some time to do. But once it gets going, it gets easier and easier and easier. And think about, you know, some businesses are very concerned about the cost per lead, cost per opportunity, right? Right. And, and marketing, right? There is a There are different kinds of costs, be it social media marketing, be it having a you know, a, a booth at a trade show, whatever it might be, there are costs there. Uh, what does it cost for a referral or an introduction? Well, virtually nothing, maybe a little thank you gift to the referral source. So what that does, I'm not saying you abandon all the other things, but your cost per opportunity will certainly come down when you right, really right. build and, that. I mean, just the close ratio on referrals also is got to be through the roof compared to regular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything is better, easier. Yeah. Without question. Uh, I was working so, with, the, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I've got two things down here that I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes for myself and to kind of build uh, maybe a hierarchy of ways people can get referrals. I've got first be referable kind of general rule of sales is sell a product that's sellable. Um, and then ask for the referrals. And it seems like you're kind of, you know, if you, if you be referable, you will get some naturally. And then right. if you ask for it, you'll get more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I imagine what you do, and, and what your practice is built around is really maximizing the referrals. So there's probably a couple extra layers here that take a little more time investment. Like you said, the building the mindset and being mindful about getting referrals. Um, so do you have, uh, any additional layers here that you, that you could add on just as a framework for the listeners sure. um, to, yeah. to escalating their, the, their referrals? Yeah, absolutely. I, I want everyone to think in it really in, in terms of three, three main words. And, and those words are engagement, leverage, and connection. Let me uh, give you a little bit on each, and we can go deeper if you want. So engagement, this is about becoming referable. One study that was done by a group called uh, Absolute Engagement at Toronto discovered that while uh, satisfied customers and clients are loyal, there's actually a low correlation between satisfaction and the giving of referrals and making introductions. And what they identified was what they called engaged clients or engaged customers. And what it takes to create this, this sense of engagement with us is making sure people understand our value. They experience our value. They appreciate the questions we ask, the things we teach, uh, becoming as relevant and possible to their world, uh, great service, wisdom, all the various things in bringing the core value of what we do. And then connecting on a personal level. 
be it with the salesperson, be it with other people in the company, uh, with the principals. There's a lot of different ways to connect on that personal level. But what we know is that people, you know, all things being equal, people do business with people they like, uh, with companies right. they like. Companies take on personalities of their people. And uh, all things not being equal, people still do business with people they like. And so that sense of engagement, I've identified three parts to the client or customer journey. There's the initial process, the, I call it the client, the, I'm sorry, the prospect experience. This is before they've actually become a client or customer, but we want to make sure that we're bringing value, that we're engaging with the value, with who we are in a way that not only do they want to do business with us, especially if it's a good match, that we're also becoming referable quickly in that new relationship. And then the onboarding process, how we onboard people into our business, that walking them down that metaphorical red carpet so that they, they feel that, they feel welcomed. Uh, and what are we doing? We're becoming more referable. We're creating that wow experience that they will share with others. And then the ongoing experience, right? How we stay in touch with clients and customers over a period of time. And so managing those three unequal parts of the relationship is what will create those unsolicited referrals and set up the next step, which is leverage. Leverage is, is asking, is having programs in place. So a lot of folks listening here probably have heard of Net Promoter Score. And there's a book by Frank Reichelt called The Ultimate Question. Great book. And of course, Net Promoter Score is essentially asking your clients or customers, would you be willing to recommend us? Uh, Reichelt con contends that that's the ultimate question. You know, Not just are right. you happy? Are you satisfied? Will you come back? All important things. But will you actually recommend us to others? And it's my contention, while that is all great, it's, it's not the ultimate question. The ultimate question is, do you have programs in place and do you have processes and culture in place to make those recommendations actually happen? And so that's the leverage part. And then the final is the connection, getting connected to these new people, right? So it's great to have to create word of mouth. It's wonderful when someone emails us or calls us or, or drops in, depending on our business. Um, wonderful. But isn't it better if we actually get connected to those people so we can reach out and be appropriately proactive? And so there's so many. Yeah. So is that something like asking them to include you on an email with them? Is it, is it that kind of connection? Like it, them it, handing you off in person type of thing? Or what, where are you going with that? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, the two primary ways, uh, especially in B2B, one would, it would be what I call an email handshake, electronic handshake. Uh, you know, and it could be, Kind of level one quality would be, hey, Sky, I've been working with this guy, Bill Case. He's done a great job for our business. You should take a look. I've CC'd him on this email. I'm sure he'll reach out to you. You should take his call. Now, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Uh, slightly better version, uh, next step version of that would be, Sky, meet Bill Cates. Bill has done this for me. Da, da, da. Bill, meet Sky. This is how I know Sky. Da, da, da. So it's a, it's a handshake, right? It's it's like, right. like you're there in person almost. And um, so that's that's a pretty powerful way to get connected because as long as your referral source has a pretty good level of trust with that new prospect, then they'll follow through on that. And, and usually you can set up the, the next step, which is usually a phone call or something. And um, so that's great. Now, in-person introductions are, are wonderful when we can make it happen. You know, that's why golf is such a great game for business. Uh, going to a sporting event, uh, meeting for a drink, a meal, a breakfast, a lunch, anything in person is always nice. Uh, 
because it allows us to connect on that level of who we are first. Usually it's kind of a social thing. And so then we, when we take it to the next step of a business meeting, we've already made that social connection and we're usually coming in at a higher level of trust. And, uh, you know, so the, so the, the downside of in-person introductions, of course, is they take some time and logistics to organize. Um, right. and we got to go into the flow of what people normally do. And we certainly don't want it to take a long time. Um, that's why email, an email introduction could be a nice fallback if the logistics don't work for the in-person. Um, and I guess, I mean, a lot yeah. of companies vary so much that there's mm. probably a lot of companies where the in-person is just never going to happen unless you happen right. to be in the same neighborhood. I know in our business, we almost never see our, our customers outside of events because, uh, you know, a lot of companies nowadays, they do everything over phone and email and there just isn't nearly as much in-person interaction available. Kind of, you don't have traveling salespeople, that kind of stuff. You don't have people going out and around. So, yep. and I imagine a, a lot of other steps in the process are probably also just very greatly from, you know, from one company to the next. Some companies you'd mentioned get a lot of natural referrals just because of the type of business they are. Mm-hmm. And uh, other companies may really have to put a program in place in order to, uh, to get any referrals. Exactly. And, um, the, the tactical side of things will always change depending on the business, depending on the nature of the relationships, but the principles, uh, don't usually change the principle of creating that sense of engagement to be referable, the principle of having processes in place to leverage in the way that's appropriate, the principle of making sure you get connected. And I'll give you one more. It's based on my new book, Radical Relevance, which is not quite out yet by the time this airs, but it's coming soon. Uh, not quite. You've got the yeah. first half of it's out, but not everything. Well, it's out <laughs> in my brain. Soon? I just got to get it all on the paper. Oh, yeah. uh, we're almost there. But and that's kind of a, if, if you think of a picture of graphic in your in your brain and you think of engagement that, you know, is a semicircle that leads to leverage, that leads to a connection and that closes a circle, you get those three words surrounding that entire thing, or one could even say the core of that is how we believe in and talk about our value. And so what I found is that and everybody listening knows this, it's harder to reach people. It's harder to cut through the noise. Uh, you know, the good news is easier to, to get your marketing message out. The bad news is it's easier to get your marketing message out because everybody else right. is doing it. Right. And so how do we it's easier for everybody else too? Yeah. And so the, the, the best way is to be as relevant as possible to your core target market right? To, to not be generic in, in your approach. And if you have more than one target market and you try to cover your two or three target markets with, with all the same verbiage, you, you've just watered down all three and you're not very relevant or compelling. Um, now, the most radical way to be relevant, if you will, the, the, the straightest line to relevance is being introduced from someone they already trust, Right. right. That's, that's an email you open. Right. Sky, if you send me an email and say, hey, meet Laura, you know, I know you, I trust you. I'm going to open the email. And that's the fastest way into anybody's world is an introduction. And there's a lot more that you can do. But that how we talk about believe in discover our value um, and not just for us as an individual, but everybody within the company. When I'm working with principals and companies, C-level folks, um, you know, usually those folks they do pretty well about talking about their value. They have it down. I'm not just talking about elevator pitch here. I'm talking about lots of different aspects of how we communicate it, but it doesn't always reach the the other levels in the company. 
And one of the best things you can do is some exercises around getting everyone on the same page of the value and reinforcing that. So, cause everybody out there is, is a walking, you know, marketing machine for you potentially. Uh, they certainly reflect your value proposition. So one of the first things we do in, in building the right culture is making sure everybody gets the value and knows how to talk about the value in the right way. That's, that's the glue that holds the rest of that together. So, for instance, asking for referrals. A lot of people don't like to ask referrals. They feel a little afraid. They feel like they're, you know, they're going to make themselves look needy or or, or unsuccessful yeah. or, or push. And I suppose the the better the product is, maybe the more comfortable they are with it. When you like, you're saying if if your salespeople are excited about your product, excited about your company, they're going to be a lot more likely to to ask for referrals. Exactly. It's all about belief, right? You got to believe in it and. Uh, look, I mean, some things that we sell are life and death. Some things aren't life and death, but we still have to believe in it. We still have to believe that it solves a problem that we claim it solves. And when we do believe it and we see how it impacts people's lives uh, or businesses and both really, because businesses are made up of people's lives, then, um, then we're more likely to not only be able to sell better, of course, um, but also influence the referral process because the referral, the introduction, it's all about bringing our value to other people, right? In the life insurance right, right. industry, they used to teach, let me tell you how I get paid. I get paid in two ways. And one of those ways is referrals. They're talking about money in our pocket when they should be talking about money in the, the client's money and in, in their life. And so uh, it's all about extending the value. I think, Sky, all that sales is, is helping people make educated decisions that's in their best interest. Right. Everyone deserves to make an educated decision related to what you do. And right. At so, its best, you're a consultant kind of uh, working them through the process to get them what they need exactly. type of a uh, type of a process. Even in transactional yeah, sales, we can be consultative, even in transactional. Yep. yep. OK, well, I want to jump back real quick um, yeah. to to your company, to uh, Referral Coach International, um, just to give everybody a little. I mean, obviously. We're talking all about referrals here. The company name's Referral Coach International. But can you give a little more information kind of on the backstory of Referral Coach International and what, what you guys do specifically over there? You know, the the short infomercial, if you will. Um, but just kind of so everybody understands not just who you are, but, but what your company does and where you're coming from. Yeah, I appreciate that. So essentially, we help people cut through all the noise in the market. We help people you know, cut through all the barriers and, and reach the people that they really want to reach, reach right fit clients or right fit customers. Um, it's not just about quantity. It's about quality of re reaching the right people. And so that's through all the things we've already talked about, the engagement, the referral, you know, leverage connection, about how we talk about our value, uh, how we help firms with that. Uh, it sometimes training, uh, usually I'll, I may speak at an event and that kind of kicks things off. Uh, we have training program. We have a lot of online video-based online programs now that al allow you to train multiple people over a long period of time in a very affordable way. So live events, live sessions, online learning. Uh, we have a consultative approach and in that I want to learn what your situation is. I want to learn what your opportunities are and what your challenges are and, you know, how, how do what we do apply to that and will that, uh, you know, impact your bottom line. Um, and one of the things that I like to do when I'm working with firms also is to, I just was having a conversation with a, a gentleman this morning about this, is just to, to celebrate and to honor, you know, the profession of sales. Um, 
uh, obviously sales gets a, a, a you know a tough hit for a lot of people and and uh, even sales people who are in you know sales roles don't always fully embrace that. Um, yeah, I think yeah. like you said the tough hit. I had a person in my office just this morning, and I was I played a clip uh, for them from the movie Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street because I felt they needed to be a little more assertive. I heard them out on the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, I had to kind of first stage it by saying, you know, everything you see about sales and you know about sales, all the movies are not about sales. The movies you think of about sales are about con men Mm -hmm. because that's exciting for a movie. Mm -hmm. Sales, like helping people get what they want and helping them through the process and helping them get what they need. It's, it's just not sexy for this TV screen. So instead they frame it as sales and you get movies like boiler room and Wolf of wall street and stuff like that, that are exciting. But then that's what everybody, including salespeople, gets the idea of this is what sales is. I need, you know, one Vin Diesel-esque line that I can get to close while I'm on the phone and, you know, I, and win. Um, and yeah, it, it gives a bad rap to sales, uh, un, unfortunately, and uh, makes, makes I, I guess, that, that process a little more difficult. So yeah, I, I always like to convey to people um, one of my favorite movies that I say is about sales is uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Mm, like there is sure. a real... Yeah. There's a real vision of sales out there. It's just not what we're what we're all being kind of pitched in the media, and what unfortunately ends up creating the whole vision of what it is. Yep. Anyway, sorry, kind of cut in on you there. Oh, um, it's fine. Talking about fine. referral coach, give and take. Uh, actually, I want to take a quick break right now. We're going to hear uh, a word from uh, from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I'd love to uh, get into kind of some of the do's and don'ts, and then down a little bit farther. Um, you know, we kind of covered the be referable, the actual asking for the referral, um, but some of the some of the ways without giving away too many of your guys' secrets over there that people can uh, can really put together some sort of a basic referral program outside of, you know, hiring an outside company, but what, what can they do? What should they be thinking about to be, you know, in the right mindset, be mindful about their, their referral creation. So um, we're going to break for one more minute and we'll be back with all of that with uh, Bill Cates of Referral Coach International. Hi, this is Daniel Voss from GoToWebinar. I'm the chief webinar wrangler here at GoToWebinar, where we're the largest webinar platform in the world with more than 50,000 customers and 60 million people attending webinars on the platform every year. If you want to come check out GoToWebinar, go to gotowebinar.com and take out one of our free trials and give the product a spin. Hi, thank you for joining us today on the If You Market podcast. I'm back with our guest, uh, Bill Cates of Referral Coach International. We're talking about referral marketing. Uh, Bill, great to have you back. Uh, can we go over some uh, some more of this referral marketing stuff, do's, don'ts, all that kind of good stuff we were talking about before the break? Sure. So, I mean, we kind of hit it at a, at a bit of a strategic level there around the engagement, leverage, connection, and value prop. Uh, yeah, we can get a little tactical here. So, I'll give you a few things that are pretty important uh, things you can pretty much do right away or encourage your people to do. Uh, Probably one of the most important things that I've been teaching for 25 years is something we call a value discussion. And essentially, it's just checking in on a a pretty regular basis with our relationships. It'll look a little different, obviously, for every business. But um, I mean, uh, checking in and saying, you know, how are we doing? How's our communication? Um, anything we could be doing a little bit better, uh, what is working for you, how do we continue to earn your business. Uh, we want to make sure we clean up any problems that there might be. 
however small they may be. Uh, sometimes we learn about things we didn't realize that they had some issues with. Sometimes we just, you know, they just got to get it off their chest and they feel better. Right, right. Is uh, that kind of maintaining the relationship to make sure you're referable type well, of thing? Exactly. It, 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 this value discussion creates that that engagement I mentioned. Who gives referrals? Engage clients, engage customers. So we got to engage with them. And uh, a lot of folks uh, listening to this will be familiar with the concept of working in your business and working on your business, working in your business, meaning the things you do day to day to day to day. Um, and which I'm doing right now, I'm working in my business, right. And working on your business are things that you can do to make yourself better. And that's what every listener is doing right now by listening to a podcast from you. Sky is working on their business, right? Well, same thing applies to our relationships with our customers and clients. We are usually working in the relationship. We're handling the transactions. We're handling whatever uh, core product and service we provide. But every now and then, we want to stop and work on the relationship. And we want to check in and see how we're doing, what's working, what's not working. A lot of different ways to do this. Certainly, doing surveys through the mail or, inter- or you know email can help. But uh, also, that, that personal check-in makes a huge difference. I was working for a bank and uh, a large, well-known bank, and they had a referral program in place, um, and they did pretty well. They got a lot of new deposits, new customers through their program. They brought me in to see if we could make it a little bit better, and one of the things we did is we had this value discussion, and so the tellers, the, the, the platform workers would check in a little bit more, and, and more sincerely, right? We, it's got to be a sincere check-in, um, if it sounds kind of canned and you don't really care, well, that actually can be detrimental. Right, right. I think salespeople actually believing in the product they're selling and kind of caring. I guess it's the difference between reading a script and believing what you're saying. Yeah, it's making a human connection and, and doing it authentically. And that comes a lot from just confidence. Uh, but what happened is their, their um, mystery shopper scores went way up just by doing this value check. And, and they produced 23% more new customers uh, through the things that we we gave them. And a big part of that was this value check and this value discussion, right? So that's one big thing you can do. Right, um, right. Another thing, probably second most important thing I've been teaching for 25 years is, is talking about our personal why related to our business, related to the product service. Now, there's a lot of folks talking about why. Simon Sinek talks about why. And that's more of a what gets you up in the morning kind of why. And we, we need to have a reason to get up in the morning. This is a little bit more related to the core work that we do. In other words, why do we believe in what we do? And that can come from something that happened to us before we got into business and why we were attracted by the business we're in. It could be something that's happened in serving a client or customer that made us really solidify the belief. Um, So that, that why can come from different places. But by communicating that, communicating that in a client centered way, a customer centered way, uh, helps with that engagement. It makes right. us does real. It makes us personal. Yeah. Does that come from the top of the company, or is that something each individual sales rep would mm-hmm. would do for themselves? Are they talking about their own personal why, or the company's why? It's, in, it's in actually sense? both. It's actually both. So the company why could be equated with the company mission. Um, and so, for instance, one one firm I work with, First Command, their their mission, their why is financial security for. Uh, our nation's military, right? Serving those who serve. 
it's a very powerful why, very powerful mission. But that's that's and I don't mean to say but that's the corporate, right? And each one of their advisors has their own personal why around this. Uh, in their particular case, uh, most of their advisors are ex-military. And so they were clients of First Command before they went to work as an advisor. So they have a natural connection there. So it really is both. It's, it's, the, pers- it's the company why and mission, and it's our own personal. Obviously, they got to be congruent. Um, right. But it's usually based on some experience or some observation of what they've been able to do for their clients or customers. So you, you really need an overall company one, but if you don't have... If you don't have a personal one also, it's probably hurting you, holding you back a, a little bit there. And I guess some companies, yeah, some companies are going to have a much stronger, much easier time with that. And others are going to have to really search probably. Well, hopefully not search too hard because, um, I mean, if you're doing good work out there you, you, and you're impacting people, uh, it shouldn't be that much. Um, but especially in B2B situation, um, so – one thing to do is just be on the look of that. If you don't have one, you can actually uh, kind of borrow someone else's why on, the, on this personal level we're talking about now. So if you're a sales rep or professional uh, in a company and you're new and maybe you don't have that exact why yet, uh, maybe it's why you were attracted to the company. Maybe you're why you were attracted to the company's mission, how that resonated with you personally. So sometimes it's pretty easy to come up with one. But maybe you can see what other people are doing, what their why is, and, and, and use it. Don't, you're not lying. I'm not saying that you should pass it off as your own. But, you know, the reason I'm doing this is when I met with some of my colleagues and I saw what they were doing and, you know, how one of my you know, colleagues did this for a company. And I go, wow, this really is about, you know, so you can, you can borrow the others a little bit until you have your own. Uh, the key is making sure you bring it into the conversation quickly, get into the tactical again here is, you know, very few of your prospects are going, you know, this is whether it's on the phone or in person, however you're reaching out, very few of them are going to say, you know, why are you in this business? Uh, right. Some will occasionally, you know, how'd you get started? Do you like what you're doing? Uh, but it doesn't usually come up. And, and so we've got to introduce it. So usually on some sort of a sales call in person on the phone, we're talking a little bit about what we do, right? We're talking a little bit about how we do it, how we serve our clients, Uh, But somewhere along the line, you want to say, you know, let me shift gears for a second and tell you a little bit about why I do what I do, kind of what drives me every day. And that's where you tell a little, there's usually a little story there, right? It's something that you did or the firm did for another client. And uh, that's how you connect on a little bit more of a personal level. And what what kind of a side benefit from that is we connect a little bit on that personal level and we talk a little bit about why we do what we do. And it's got to be very genuine here. Uh, sometimes some people may have to rehearse it a lot to the point where it really gets very, very natural, but then our our prospects, our clients, they start to reveal the layers of their why a little bit, and it goes just a little bit deeper. Uh, so the, the value discussion, that checking in, uh, the why, why we believe in the work we do two very clear, easy things, uh, that any business can start doing right away. I'll give you a third one. Uh, real quick is is every salesperson, every professional, everybody has what I'll call the low hanging fruit of referrals and introductions, and it's really two types of low hanging fruit. First of all, it's it's the clients or customers that love you, 
right? They're the most loyal. They love you. I, I often joke in my live presentations and say, you know, they, they love you so much you could bumble through this and they'd feel sorry for you and still give you referrals. Um, right, right. So yeah, they're familiar good. with you, so they they forgive you. Yeah, yeah. It's a low hanging fruit. Um, yeah, it's, it's the path of least resistance for you, for them. I, heck, I've had people after live sessions, training speeches, I've had people email me over the years say, hey, Bill, you know, I, I, I used your idea and I went to people who love me and I said, I, you know, I went through this training with Bill Cates and he taught us how to ask for referrals and can I try it out on you? And of course, our clients will say, well, yeah, sure, okay. Um, they love you, it doesn't matter. And then the, yeah. the next level of this low-hanging fruit, this path of least resistance would be um, clients who've already given you referrals, already made an introduction uh, maybe you didn't ask, but they were willing to do it enough where they did it on their own. And you go back and say, Sky, you know, last time we got together, you introduced me to your colleague where you used to work. I appreciate that. Thank you. We're in, we're in the planning processes of doing some work together. Uh, I didn't even ask. I, I guess now I'm asking. I have a couple ideas I'd like to run by you, folks, you know, maybe you'd feel comfortable introducing me to them. Yeah. Are and I guess if they've given you referrals already, you know that they or in a position to give referrals kind of, uh, because we found some clients, it doesn't matter how you can pay them as much as you want. They would have to go out and do some door knocking to find people to refer to you. They just, they don't have those connections in the type of business they are and you know who they're connected to, stuff like that. But the people who are already referring obviously do have uh, those kind of connections. And then I guess this is where the, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, actually giving something to them, some sort of a, mm-hmm. you know, kickback, whatever you, a gift when they refer somebody, um, people think, but I got the referral already. Why, you know, why do I need to re- reward them for it? Maybe I should give the gift ahead of time when asking. But those people who are going to give you multiple referrals are going to, you know, be much more excited. I know when I get, you know, a box of something from somebody, it's always, wow, it's it's. Uh, I can't believe they thought of me and and sent this. Unexpected, yeah. I, I Sky, I prefer to kind of stay away from uh, from the word kickback, but um, right, right. <laughs> we can we can talk about this rewarding. Uh, I'm a big believer in it. Um, now, you know, sometimes in, in, you don't see this mu- as much in the B2B space. You see it more in the B2C space where uh, they may, you know, have a referral program. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I remember MCI, the, you know, telecom company years ago uh, had a situation where you get, get more minutes, a sprint did it to you, get more minutes if you refer a friend. Uh, you can see that on the B, B2C side, but on the B2B side, usually it's best um, having this as, as kind of a surprise thank you. Um, and so right. this and this isn't about the money. This is just a little gesture of saying thank you because the opportunity they refer you to could be huge depending on the business that you're in. It's just a gesture of saying thank you. And so th- I found the best way to do this is to make that gift a little bit personal. Uh, so I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Uh, I just got just today, UPS delivered two really nice Yeti type Yeti style, uh, tumblers, you know, metal double insulated, uh, uh, for, for one guy who went to Villanova university and another guy who went to the university of Wisconsin. And so they gave me some, they made it a couple introductions for me. I went on their LinkedIn profile. I see where they went to a university and, uh, sometimes even in, I'll do that ahead of time and I'll, I'll say, Hey, I, I see you went to so-and-so and then I can kind of find out what relationship they have with their former university. Some people follow the sports. Good experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some follow the sports program. Some don't, 
but I just get a sense of that. And these are going out with a handwritten note from my office. So, uh, you know, 20 bucks, 28 bucks for a logo, you know, Yeti tumbler. Uh, it, it makes a nice impression. It's minimal. And, and I, by the way, I don't wait for the introduction that they make to turn into new business. I'm rewarding. I'm saying thank you for just, just giving it, just making it happen. I also do it when people just help me out with a little bit of advice and things like that. When I'm able to interview someone for my podcast, they get a little gift. Uh, and again, if you make it personal, then it's, it really isn't about the money. Uh, one of the least expensive that I've used over the years is uh, coasters from with a school logo on it. Usually about fifteen dollars, you can get some decent coasters and send them over. So, nice. yep. you know, send and them to yourself first. Yeah, send them to yourself first. Write a handwritten note, put it back in the same box if you want, and then send it out. Don't send it straight from the website, whether it's Amazon or somewhere else. Uh, send it to yourself first so that you can make that write that note and stick it in, and then it's more personal. I had a guy, he was thanking me. I made an introduction and he was thanking me, sending me some really nice Titleist Pro V golf balls. Well, it, he sent it straight from Amazon. And so right. I'm opening this box and I got this box of Pro V. There's no note or anything in there. I go, I must have ordered some golf balls getting ready for the season. <laughs> and then about two weeks later, he says, you know, Bill, I didn't hear from you. I, I'm a little reluctant to bring this up, but did you get the, that gift we sent you? And I go, I don't know. Well, Joel and I sent you this nice box. I go, oh, that's where that came from. So, you know, he was hoping that the vendor would, you know, do their job and put a note in there. And heck, maybe it was in there and I just grabbed the ball so fast I didn't see the note. Uh, but that's why we want to make it. It's all about personal. And this is back to that theme of relevance that I was talking about earlier. Right. It all becomes more relevant. Yeah, so he went like 90% of the distance, but then just didn't quite finish it off properly. I know, and I mentioned kickback earlier, and you very quickly and properly (laughs) uh, shut that down. We have people who ask us to refer people to them all the time because we always have people we need, you know, uh, our our clients need other services that we don't offer. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's in the way of us, you know, finishing our business is them having this other service lined up. And a lot of companies will say, hey, we have an affiliate program, and I I, I'm sure I'll have somebody speak to affiliates on this podcast at some point. I know it has its place, but I am not a huge fan of affiliate programs as in our business anyway. I'm sure they have their place again because mm-hmm. I always feel like it is that. It's it's this strange kickback setup. And every time we talk to another company that wants us to refer people to them, they generally have some sort of program set up, not to make the referral easy necessarily, but to um, reward us to actually pay us and to pay our, our account managers every time somebody's referred to them. And I always tell them, I don't want that. I don't want our account managers being paid. I want them being paid for what we want them to do. We will refer people to you. If you guys have a good service, that's going to benefit, um, benefit our customers. Yeah. I I have no problem with the affiliate. Sometimes I think the key in that, uh, in most, most cases is to be transparent. Um, Certainly, when there is that that commission, that affiliate type of uh, of uh, compensation, uh, it can taint the recommendation a little bit, uh, or people can feel like it taints it a little bit. Uh, so, uh, I personally, uh, whenever I have that sort of relationship, it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, I'm always very transparent about it, and so when I, I when I get asked to refer or recommend other products and services, perhaps to my email list or whatever. I, I have to first experience the product or service myself. 
Um, right, and I have to make, believe in it. I have to believe in it. I have to, I, if I'm going to recommend it to other people, which, by the way, Sky, does bring us to another tactical thing that people can, can walk away from this call and do right away, and that is to give referrals, to look for ways to make connections, uh, to see yourself as someone who moves through life, moves through their business life as a connector. You connect others to serve them, to help them. And guess what? You get connected as well. So, you know, as you give, you receive. Now, you don't always have to give referrals to someone to be referable in their eyes. There's other ways to provide value. Um, I had a, a, a colleague of mine, a fellow author, speaker. I was asking him actually for an introduction for referral to, to a client, key client of his. And he says, wait a second, Bill, you're the referral guy. You know, you, uh, you have to give referrals before you can get. I said, well, and I said, I know I have to provide value. And you may remember two weeks ago, I spent an hour and a half with you on the phone about showing you how to sell your online services. Uh, so I, I, I feel like I provided some pretty good value to you, even though it isn't a specific. Ref- oh, yeah. OK, I guess so. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be tip for tap, but you should be coming to the table giving something first. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Not everybody and, remembers that, but uh, you know, yeah. most people will, I think. Right. So we're leading with value and then, but the giving of referrals, making connections, uh, seeing ourselves as, as someone who does that, looking for now, like in your company, as you mentioned, sometimes that's critical, right? They have to have other products or services in place to even take advantage of what you do. Well, yeah, you better get those going, right? And those are those strategic partnerships and alliances that you always want to have, or it could be someone who could help, you know, do a better job. So for instance, with my online learning, uh, I've got a couple of, of relationships with folks that have some accountability software and some things like that, that makes what I do even more effective. And right, I right. Help it's like a value people. add for you. Exactly. And so we certainly want to make those introductions. Uh, whether, whether I make money from that introduction or not, doesn't matter. If it's in the best interest of the client, if we're always coming from that place of what's in the best interest of the prospect, the customer, the client, people get that. They sense that. They feel it. They know it to be true. And all the rest takes care of itself pretty much. And I think early on when we were talking, you mentioned that you know it starts with the mindset. And it seems that one of the great things about giving a referral is it, it doesn't cost you anything to give a referral. Um, all you have to do is know, you know something that they that – could be a value to them, somebody that you can refer to them um, that that could be useful for them. Uh, so I guess j- that's just part of the kind of making it easy to give referrals, not just for them to give you a referral, but for you to give referrals to other people as well. Maybe within the company having, uh, I know we have a list of uh, you know resources that we can for our guys to refer people out to, even other data companies when we don't have something that, uh, that uh, a client needs. Um, just to help them get what they need, ultimately, even if it's not directly from us. Uh, yeah. So, does that? I mean, does that come into play? Kind of making it easy, not only for for them to refer people to you, but for your people to refer out as well. Well, yeah, and, and it, what comes back to that is this concept of referability, right? So, if um, on the B two B level, you see it a lot, particularly with other consultants and other service providers, right? You know, will you introduce me to so-and-so? Well, yeah, but I don't really know about the work you do. I mean, it seems like a good match and I get it, but I got to experience it somehow. I got to know a little more about it, right? So you, you always have to be referable, whether, so we all have, every business has these the referral partners, strategic partners that have the ability to send business to us. 
uh, and may never become a client of ours, but they have the ability to send people to us. Well, we got to be referable in their eyes. Um, and, and there's a few things that go into that. One is making sure they're clear on the value and the relationships and the good work we do, but it's also how to recognize those people, right? We've got to teach people how to recognize who we serve the best. What are the things that they're going through? What are the opportunities, challenges? What are they complaining about? Um, and then we've got to talk about how we're going to make those introductions. So with our, with our referral partners, these sometimes called centers of influence, you know, Sky, if I, if, I'm, if I meet someone who's a good prospect for you, number one, how will I know it? Number two, how would you like me to connect them to you? Should we do just an email handshake? So we formalize that a little bit. And the problem, a lot, a lot of times where these relationships break down and they're not as productive as you would like them to be, is because you've never really formalized that part of the relationship. You haven't attended to being referable. You haven't attended to making sure each party knows uh, how to recognize the opportunity for you and, and how to right. how to make that connection. Then has the information, you know, has the information they need to actually refer you. If well, they have exactly. to go search if they have to go search for your contact info, they're they're frequently just not gonna That too. Yeah. All of that. Make it easy. Make it as easy as possible for everybody. Uh, and then it's more likely to happen. And and not just easy, but comfortable, right? That's the referability, that's the making the good introduction because one of the principles, all right, back to the principles, one of the principles around this referral stuff is um, people want to protect their relationships. Right? People want to protect their relationships. B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. And so that's why they usually want to talk to someone first. Or that's why may, they may be hesitant to make an introduction. is because they're in the protection mode, uh, right? When, you know, they don't want their friend to think, why did you sick this guy on me? So that's why that becoming referable, talking about what the introduction is going to look like so everybody feels comfortable. Uh, that's why that's in such an important thing is because we're protecting relationships. Yeah, I'd, I'd jot that one down so we can put it on the magazine cover for this episode as well. People want to protect their relationships is definitely, I guess, a part of the um, being referable, as you said. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't feel they can trust you to refer somebody over to you uh, and then back to the whole being human and the, and the salesperson themselves, you know, if the salesperson is too aggressive or pushy, whatever it is, good luck getting a referral because nobody wants to burn their people by, you know, handing them over to a pit bull of a salesperson. You got that right. So um, before we wrap up, is there anything when it comes to kind of tech stack, is there anything you'd recommend for managing referrals, that kind of stuff? And then I guess I'll I'll do a two-part question here. Second part first, Um, templates. Do you, do you think it's a good idea for people to use templates to provide, I guess they would say, people they want to refer them business with a template saying, here's what you can say when when uh, doing an email handshake type thing or should yeah. they leave it up to oh, the yeah. client? That's all part of making it easy, right? Uh, yeah, and I could say, Scott, I'm going to send over an email, kind of a template, tweak it, make it personal, make it work for you, but it gives you an idea what to say. Sure, because some people don't know what to say. Some people are naturals at this and a lot of people have no clue. And so anytime you can give them a template, a sense of what to say, absolutely. Uh, I guess it can be the difference between them actually doing something and not frequently is just, oh, I don't know what to say. So um, they just have on with their day. Exactly. That's where it breaks down. Um, And that's where I have, um, by the the way, I I have a template. I mean, I'd be happy to to give it to, to everybody listening. Can I let people know how to get it? I mean- 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah please do. Yeah. We're almost at that point in the show, but we can jump into it. Well, um, yeah, just real quick while we're talking about it is I've got a little report, just a simple little thing called uh, electronic handshakes. And if you send, send me an email, Bill Cates at referralcoach.com, Bill Cates at referralcoach.com. Uh, and just put, um, you know, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you know, electronic handshakes report in the subject line, electronic handshakes report. And I'll send it to you. No strings attached. I'll just send it out to you. And uh, if you let me know, you know, was talking to Sky, that's cool. I know where it came come from. But uh, uh, it just teach you want to know how to do it. You want to do it yourself. And then you want to teach other people how to do it as well. Right. So I, I forgot the first part possible. of your question. Uh, sorry. The first part, any particular software that's, I mean, there's so much MarTech these days and, and sales tech. Is there any particular software for kind of helping manage referrals, referral programs that you would, I guess this is, we're getting here to, can you refer any, uh, any companies yeah. that, that help with the day-to-day nuts and bolts of managing mm-hmm. referral programs? Yeah. I mean, there are a few out there. Um, I'll tell you one that I really like that's um, more for managing your your centers of influence, your referral team, uh, creating that team of 15, 20, 25 people over a period of time who may or may not be clients or customers, but have the ability to send people your way. And it's, it's refer.com, uh, R-E-F-E-R, refer.com. Um, I, I'm not an affiliate. I think I was at one point. Uh, but I just know the guys and it's a nice little program. Uh, and it, it's just, it's a great, simple, easy way to manage that process. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a CRM, but it's not to take the place of your CRM. It's just your own little personal individual CRM, uh, to manage these centers of influence, these strategic partnerships. Um, nice. Yeah. Something you touched on earlier, I I think, we kind of brushed over it a couple of times. You've mentioned it a couple of times, um, but I really want to highlight it that it isn't necessarily clients that are your best referral people. It's, you know, you can have people who don't never pay you a dime, never use your product, but if they're at a place in the industry where they can give you a lot of referrals and you kind of win their, um, their trust, then they can make you, you know, a lot more sales than than some of your better clients. Oh yeah, no, no question about that. And, and also, don't and then that goes back to what we talked about. You got to be referral in their eyes. You got to talk about it, formalize the relationship. But and, and never assume that a relationship like that has to be reciprocal. Right? You may not have the ability to send referrals back to those people, and they may not even care about that. They just want to make sure that they're passing their folks off to someone right. who will handle that for them, whatever it may be. It's a value add for them. If you do a good enough job, they are happy to refer people. And that's what we tell people all the time. We need people who can do this for our clients. We don't need you to pay us. We don't need you to do anything except for a good job for our clients. Don't make us look bad. Like make us look good for the referral and we'll keep sending people your way. I guess so for people who want referrals, they have to do that on their end when they're they're asking. Some people just like to influence others and by making introductions, uh, you know, there's all kinds of motivations for that. And uh, don't assume that you have to give them back. Maybe you can provide value to them in some other way. Maybe just your appreciation and saying thank you uh, is enough. Yeah. yeah, send them a gift every once in a while, like you're saying. Uh, it doesn't have to be direct business for business. Right. Make them look good, you know, in the eyes of, every, of everyone else. So. Yep. Okay, excellent. Well, um, I want to wind it down here. Bill Cates, it's been great talking to you. Um, 
I think people can go to your website, referralcoach.com, to uh, kind of see more about your company. Also, referralcoach.com slash resources. You guys have got a lot of great resources I've seen there for kind of all levels of um, of referrals, everything from uh, free referral resources to mm-hmm. referral resources for individuals and then for, for company-wide. So I'd encourage everybody to go check that out if you want to um, – you know, really increase your referral game. One of the great things I love, uh, Bill, about your guys' product and product like yours is it's the kind of thing that has, um, you know, it's not a nice to have. It has a direct ROI and it's an area where if, if people aren't looking at it, they can really just boost their sales through some, uh, you know, a small investment can really lead to a, to a large return with this kind of thing because all the other work's already there. They already have the company, the product, the people. You just have to leverage what you already have. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate that. Excellent. You can also get uh, show notes on this episode at uh, ifyoumarket.com. Um, if you've been listening to this uh, podcast for a while, you'll have noticed we switched over. We used to be the Elephant Test. Now it's uh, the If You Market podcast. Um, so thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, please share us on social media. Tell your friends. You know, Give us a referral. <laughs> give us a, a good review on iTunes. And uh, on behalf of If You Market team or on behalf of the If You Market team and uh, Bill Cates, of the referral coach international Uh, please remember if you build it you'll go out of business but if you market the shit out of it they will come This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.